Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's January 11th, 2021. Welcome to The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, proper data. The biggest tumor board and prior authorization challenge to ablative radiation for oligomets remains the lack of high-level data. The NHS comes to the rescue with the foresight to initiate in 2015 a prospective observational study across 17 institutions in England. The downside, of course, is there's no standardized comparator in this single-arm study, but still, This behemoth is chocked full of prospective, real-world data on 1,422 patients, all of whom received 24 to 60 gray in 3 to 8 fractions for metachronous oligometastases, defined here as 1 to 3 extracranial mets with a disease-free interval from primary tumor diagnosis of at least 6 months. Given the indication for treatment, Meeting dose constraints was prioritized over coverage in all scenarios, and as such, the most common grade 3 toxicity was fatigue, occurring in 28 patients, which was only 2%. One might wager the same would occur in a similar non-radiation group, and the most common grade 4 toxicity was increased liver enzymes that occurred in a whopping 9 patients, which was 0.6%. Again, it's hard to say what the rate might have been in the setting of untreated liver metastases. Importantly, overall survival at one in two years was 92% and 79% respectively in this fairly unselected real-life population. By now, it's pretty hard to argue that ablative radiation for oligometastases is toxic as well as it being hard to argue that achieving local control in this population is doing so in vain because they are rapidly dying, which certainly doesn't seem to be the case here with almost 80% survival at two years. When it comes to questioning the cost, the real question should be, what's the alternative? As the authors of this study point out, when compared with most systemic therapies, radiation is, and I quote, a non-invasive outpatient treatment that has minimal toxicity and excellent local control with high acceptability in terms of convenience and societal costs. As of March 2020, ablative radiation for oligometastases is now offered by the NHS to patients who fit inclusion on this study, with progressive expansion due to include all radiation providers in England by 2022. Thanks to Chalkado et al. Lancet Oncology, 2020. Up second, personal touch. What is the optimal prescription for lung cancer? Seems like this has been addressed before. And quite honestly, has any other radiation trial led to more hand-wringing than RTOG 0617? You could spend days hypothesizing why 74 gray resulted in worse survival as compared to 60 gray. But the main hypothesis 
is that any tumor control benefit from dose escalation was outweighed by detrimental normal tissue effects. Here, we have an interesting study published in the Journal of Thoracic Oncology by Scott et al. that takes a deep dive into explaining that hypothesis. This study presents a model that incorporates a cancer cell line-derived radiosensitivity index and the efficacy of a certain dose for a given radiosensitivity index, or RSI, to calculate the optimal personalized prescription dose in a cohort of over 1,700 patients. The model was able to simulate the results of 0617 by showing that only a minority of patients benefit from dose escalation from 60 to 74 gray, while a larger proportion either experience more toxicity with no additional tumor control benefit or still don't receive an adequate dose. For instance, the model predicts that about 40% of patients receive optimal tumor control with a 60 gray prescription. Dose escalation to 74 gray benefits another 20% of patients, but it also exposes the original 40% to excess toxicity while still not achieving a high enough dose for the remaining 40%, which of course makes some sense because why else would we need biologically effective doses in excess of 100 gray to achieve a 90 plus percent local control with long SBRT? The bottom line is modest dose escalation applied to a uniform population of non-small cell lung cancer patients is unlikely to show benefit because the majority of patients likely receive a non-optimal radiation dose. Up next, no small matter. Is there a brain dose constraint comparable to single fraction B12 for patients receiving 5-fraction SRS for brain metastases? Brain B12 is a frequently used normal tissue constraint that is associated with radiation necrosis risk after single fraction SRS. It can be challenging to extrapolate the single fraction B12 metric for fractionated radiosurgery. And while plain quality metrics like conformity and gradient should really drive SRS planning, some like to have normal tissue constraints to assess the risk of toxicity. In this multi-institutional retrospective study published in the Green Journal 2020 by Andruska et al., it looked at greater than 80 patients receiving 5-fraction radiosurgery most of which received 30 gray total. Brain V25 gray, greater than 16 cc's, and V30 gray, greater than 10 cc's, were associated with a significant increase in the risk of symptomatic radiation necrosis. More specifically, it was the volume of uninvolved brain, meaning outside of the target, that was associated with necrosis risk as the risk went from 2% to a little over 20% when both thresholds were exceeded. Such thresholds may be good indicators of the overall risk of necrosis and could also influence the choice of prescription dose. The bottom line is, uninvolved brain V25 and V30 may be good measures of necrosis risk after 5-fraction radiosurgery for brain meds. Up next, statin. Population studies 
have suggested that statins may be associated with decreased mortality in men treated for prostate cancer, but they've also struggled to demonstrate a causal relationship. Here's a secondary analysis of the PR7 trial of continuous versus intermittent ADT for men with biochemical recurrence after radiation. Just under half at 43% of men in this trial were statin users. Over a median follow-up of almost seven years, statin use was associated with a lower risk of both overall and prostate cancer-specific mortality. Though not significant, they also had a slightly longer time to castration resistance and a slightly longer time off of ADT when receiving intermittent treatment. So are we seeing a therapeutic effect or confounding biases that cannot be adequately accounted for in retrospective analyses? The bottom line is, statin use in men receiving ADT for biochemical recurrence is associated with lower overall and prostate cancer-specific mortality, thanks to Hamilton, European Urology, 2020. Up next, Foreman, more conclusions. We still don't really know how to explain the noted improvement in cancer outcomes when metformin is used concurrent to radiation. Maybe something to do with ameliorating the carcinogenic effects of hyperinsulinemia and or hyperglycemia, but that doesn't keep this systematic review from investigating its use for pelvic malignancies. It concludes that there is evidence of metformin increasing cell death for prostate, rectal, and cervical cancers, particularly when p53 mutations are involved. Thanks to Clifford, European Journal of Surgical Oncology, 2020. Up next, breakthrough without follow-through. Only about 4 million of the touted 20 million COVID-19 vaccine doses were administered in 2020, with the daily infection rate still outpacing the daily vaccination rate. What everyone thought would be the stopgap vaccine production isn't. Instead, with individual states somehow still ill-prepared for the logistics of administering vaccines to the masses outside of a few well-run hospital systems, less than one-third of distributed vaccines have gone in the arms of U.S. citizens. CDC, 2021. Finally, transmission problems. Data from the U.K. demonstrates the notorious new variant of COVID-19 despite having increased transmissibility, appears to neither evade approved vaccines nor carry a higher rate of death. Public Health England, 2021. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, Check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.